David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Elliot, it's a super Thursday. We just got done with Super Tuesday, so now it's Super Thursday. Every time we're on the show, it's a Super Thursday. What do you mean? But when you get the greatest point guard in NBA history to agree to an interview, I think it's a Super Thursday. Most definitely. I I don't think there's much argument who the greatest point guard in NBA history is. Do you? Magic might think it's him and John Stockton him, but again, I think it's Oscar Robertson. Let me let me know when they uh, average a triple double for a season, and I'll get back to you. Exactly. So we're going to be getting to an interview with Oscar Robertson in a second. And then besides Oscar today, we're going to have on Gene Chu and a lovely bikini model. Francine Slobodnik, who captured the Class A amateur at the Arnold Sports Festival in Columbus, Ohio, uh, this past weekend. And uh, we'll just have to wait to see whether she comes in in her uh, competitive outfit. Well, let's get right to the interview we recorded with Oscar Robertson. On the phone, we have NBA Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson. He was part of the NBA championship winning team in 1971 with the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the NBA MVP in 1964, a 12-time All-Star, one of the best players in NBA history. The Big O. How you doing, Oscar? Sean, how are you doing? Good. I'm looking at these credentials here. It's amazing you ever lost the game, your team's. Well, you know, we, lose, we lost a few, but, you know, we tried to do the best we could. Back in college at Cincinnati, you had some great teams there. What was it like in college back then? Well, but also, we, we had some good teams at Cincinnati when I was in college, but, but because of uh, road restrictions, we couldn't get a lot of ball players in, and that really hurt us down the stretch in order to, in order to compete for a national championship. Was there any point where you considered going to Indiana? Not really. Not really at all. I mean, I mean, I've had it with what I was doing. Back in high school, when you lost to Milan, what was that like? Well, we, we lost to, to Milan when I was a sophomore, and I, I didn't really understand all the all the, 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 the realities of that, but, but we came back and beat them the next year, which was, which was fine. They played well, and they won the championship, but, and I applaud them for doing that. Was it like the movie Hoosiers, or did Hoosiers blow it out of proportion? It, to, a certain, to a certain extent, because I'll tell you why, because when, when Nolan played at uh, Muncie Central, it, it, was, it, was not, it was not a, 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 a all-black basketball team. team of, uh, on, they only had two blacks on the team, and, and, they, and they were the powerhouse team in the country that year. At what point did you realize you were a pretty good basketball player? Well, I didn't. I, you know, I, I tried to play. I went out in the park and I tried to work on that game as much as I could. But I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I was a, any better than anybody else because what I played, but everybody was about the same, to be honest. I, I just had, I just got an opportunity to go forward and, and improve my game. I, I went to college at Loyola, and Loyola beat uh, Cincinnati for the championship in 63 with four black players in the lineup. How much better would Cincinnati have been if 
some of the players could have played with you back then? Well, we might have won everything, <laughs> to be honest. But, but that's when they, they, they grad, I graduated in 1960. They came on after that, I did. But it was, it was a good opportunity, but, you know, but this is where things are. We're happy with, with what we did, and hopefully that, uh, that we can go forward with it. Now, you got to go to the Rome Olympics. That was a pretty good basketball team. If they could have t- turned that into a professional franchise, you could have won some NBA titles with the talent on that team. What was that experience like? It was a great experience to come from where I came from in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was born in, in, uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. The first championship was great for me. Uh, I always will honor that, that memories of, of, those, of those years and that I spent uh, playing as an amateur, playing for the USA. And you know, I think it was wonderful. You know, Jerry Wesson, I talked to him about it several times. He's of the same opinion. You know, he came from some, from small town in West Virginia to, to be able to go forward and get this done. Everybody talks about the 1994 Dream Team with Michael and Bird and Magic, but I think your team could have gave him some fits out there. I think if we could have included Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain and Bob Pettit, maybe maybe as in Bird, we could have beat them every time out. No doubt about it. Did you enjoy going from college at Cincinnati to playing in, professionally in Cincinnati, or would you like to go on someplace else? No, I think it was a natural thing to do. I played for three years at the University of Cincinnati, and I was, I was ready to go to the pros. So, now in Cincinnati, being so close, and I'm still at home, it was a good place for them. Your teammate was in Cincinnati, Jerry Lucas, we talked to last week, and Lucas said, you guys, if you didn't have to play the Celtics, you would have won a couple titles. Well, that's true. <laughs> We tried, we tried, but they just, they, they, they aside a couple of times and then went on to win a championship. But we were close, you know, just the way it goes in sports sometimes. You know, sometimes, you know, you, although you have, a, you have a good team, you don't win all the time. Now, you had to go up against one of the greatest players in NBA history in Boston and Bill Russell, and then you got to play alongside one of the greatest players in NBA history at Milwaukee with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How do, you, how do you think the two would have gone head-to-head, how that battle would have done? Well, I think Russell was a great defensive player. But to me, Kareem had the greatest sky hook of, of, of anyone in the history of the game of basketball, and I don't think anyone could stop him from scoring. No one at all. Everybody makes a big to-do about you averaging a triple-double in the season, which they should, because no one else has done it. Do you think anyone in the future can do it again? Well, I thought maybe Kobe Bryant could do it at one time, and, and now I think maybe maybe that LeBron James would do it, but it's going to be difficult to do. It will not be easy at all. What would be the most difficult part to do? Would it be getting the 10 assists a game? Well, probably so, but you know, you know, you got, you got to get an end. you got to be on the board to rebound, get, get those rebounds as well. Then you got to run with the basketball. So, so you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an overall situation. There's no one thing that stands out versus other. You just got to go in there and play basketball and, and play the whole whole game, really. Was there one area of your game that you thought needed improvement? Well, I worked on my shooting quite a bit, so there's no doubt about that. You know, I mean, I, I felt that I could, I could shoot better in certain situations. I thought that certain shots that I should be able to make. and So I worked on my shooting quite a bit. What point guard gave you fits guarding you? Well, there were a lot of, you know, I mean, people that picked you up, Casey Jones, of course, Dick Barnett, Walt Frazier. Well, there are a lot of guys who play very, very well, very good defense. You have to adjust your game to overcome that. What do you think the strongest part of your game was? Understanding the whole court, not not being involved in one, one phase of the game versus the other, not not taking too many shots, not not driving too much, and, and just mixing my game up, really. 
not to be able to strip of my game. Now, defensively, was there one player that you went up against that you said, okay, tonight it's, it's going to be a challenge? Or did you feel pretty comfortable going up against most of those guys? Well, you know, each, each, play, was a, each play was a challenge. And so yeah, I, I tried to adjust my game to meet that challenge, you know. No, 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 no two people are the same. No one, no two people are the same. So, and I, I really understood that. What do you think about today's NBA game? Well, it's a good game to a certain, a certain point. You know, there's some teams that don't play as well as others, and I'm sure that that uh, the NBA understands that. But you understand there are some teams that maybe I'm going to say maybe six or seven teams are elite teams, and they're the only teams that would have a shot at winning to get winning the championship. Having played for Cincinnati. You're sort of a man without a team. Cincinnati, the Royals no longer are there. I think what they ended up being the Sacramento Kings. Is there a party of you that says, I, I wish there still was a Cincinnati franchise to be associated with? You know, I don't know because Cincinnati gave it up with them. So therefore, they, didn't, they don't really deserve it. You know, and, you know they, they should have kept the team, but they didn't. So, and as a result of that, I think that Sacramento deserves the team. And so that's where, we are, that's where they are right now. So you identify yourself more with the Cincinnati College team? Probably so. There's no doubt about that. Do you have a favorite player to watch in the NBA today? Uh, there, are a lot of good, there are a lot of great players in the NBA, you know. Uh, Howard, you got, you got LeBron, you got Kobe, uh, you, you got the kid from uh, Phoenix, the guard, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. But, you know, we have a lot of good, very good basketball players that, who, uh, who understand how to play basketball, and, and, and how they, they, they do the best job they can. Do a very good job. You got to team up with Kareem very early in his career. Did Could you tell from the outset that this was going to be a, a special player and a special team at Milwaukee? Well, yeah, Kareem, Kareem was a very good basketball player when I went to, went to Milwaukee. He had no weight, per se. And he worked hard to get himself weight, and, and he, he became a great basketball player. He learned how to pass the basketball as well. So, so I, I would say Kareem, he, he, made, he made a lot of, lot of adjustments and it, it worked out well for him. What do you think about the point guard in New York, Lynn? Jeremy Lynn? He's had some success. Uh, and I, I, I hope he continues on because, to be honest, he needs it. Uh, I, think, I think that uh, once he's, they, they know what he can do, the opposition, it's going to get a little tougher. How did you enjoy life? Life as a uh, an NBA broadcaster. Well, I was involved in the, as, a, as a broadcaster, but I was also involved in Oscar Austin case. And and, and I, I must tell you honestly, I I, I think that I think that the NBA, the league itself, cut me out of doing the doing the, doing the games on on television because of my association with the Oscar Austin case, which talks about free agency. But without free agency, the NBA wouldn't be where it is today because. You had you basically increasing the popularity, and then Bird and Magic taking it to another level, and then Michael took it to the level it is today. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of players who took it to a different level. I don't think any one or two players could take, uh, even Oscar Roberts could take the NBA to the game where it is today. I think it takes a collective effort, a lot of players put together to get it where it is today. Growing up, did you have any players that you, you enjoyed watching, or did you get much of a chance to watch anybody? One of the players that I had to sell Terry a lot was, was one was um, Jack Hyken with the Minnesota Lakers and played in a team called Indianapolis Olympians, which was, which was the pro team at that time. And I watched the Harlem Globetrotters. Did you ever want to play with the Globetrotters? 
No, I, I was not the sort of low kind of type player, you know, but I'd like to watch them play because I because I like what they did. I like what they played. They put on a great show, and, you know, people loved it. So that's, that's the ultimate in, in that type of basketball. Is there a part of you that, that uh, wishes he could have been a baseball player instead? No, I played baseball. You know, I, I'm happy with what I did, you know. I mean, you know, baseball is another game. I played a lot when I was younger, but no, I, I love what I did. Elliot, great interview with Oscar Robertson. Sound quality is a little shaky. It's my fault, but very insightful. Yeah. One of, one of the true greats of uh, the NBA, phenomenal college player. It was, you know, just a pleasure to have him be one of our Sports and Torts interviews. I think he was our probably biggest sports celebrity yet. I'm trying to think who else would come close. I think maybe Deacon Jones, but... Uh, well, we've had a lot of good ones, but I, Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, pretty, pretty fair ball player, but uh, t- tough to get much better th- among the living players uh, in the NBA than Oscar Robertson. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have former NBA coach Gene Chip. Stay tuned. <laughs> 